Tactics is a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. We'll be talking with the author today, Gregory Kokel, specifically about the Columbo tactic. Greg, I saw you speak recently at West Jackson Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. And one thing I noticed right from the beginning is you are a very smart guy. Of course, sometimes that gets in the way of finding the truth. Matter of fact, I read where you thought you were too smart to be a Christian at one point. So why did you change your mind? And how did your background in philosophy lead you to your current worldview? Well, uh, the answer to the first question is very simple. Ironically, there was no apologetics or clever arguments that, uh, that turned my head. As I began to reflect on the nature of the gospel as it was being shared with me by my brother Mark, my younger brother, the more I thought about it, the more it began to sink in, and the more I became convinced that it was true. And what philosophy did is it helped me to be more careful in the way that I thought. It helped me to be more precise. It helped me to see distinctions that I hadn't noticed before that allowed me to defend the Christian worldview more carefully and to understand it more accurately. And so when I got a master's degree in philosophy, it was one of the best things I ever did for my Christian life. Greg, you are the founder and president of Stand to Reason. Can you tell us how you came up with the name for the organization and what you're trying to accomplish there at STR? The goal of Stand to Reason, and I think the title of the organization is kind of, in a certain sense, speaks for itself. I wanted Christians to be able to stand up and to reason for their point of view, but not in a shrill way, rather in a gracious and compelling way so their engagements with non-Christians look more like diplomacy than D-Day, to put it simply. Training Christians to think more carefully about their convictions and about their Christian worldview and then be able to speak in a gracious, persuasive way with people who don't share their convictions and hopefully, by the grace of God, be compelling in the way they communicate so people would have their lives changed through that message. You have written a number of award-winning books over the years, but your book, Tactics, was a real life changer for me. I've used it in dozens of conversations over the years with non-Christians. Could you explain the Columbo tactic real briefly for those who have not read the book yet? People still remember Lieutenant Columbo, played by Peter Falk, for his disarming manner and the questions he's always using to gather information and eventually to get the bad guy. And this I found to be really powerful as a way of, in, of creating engaging conversational circumstances, using questions to maneuver in the conversations and to keep you out of the hot seat, so to speak. Well, there are three uses for using questions, and one of them is to gather information. And I use some form of the question, what do you mean by that? and it forces them to clarify their concern, which is really helpful, okay? The second use of Columbo is to reverse the burden of proof. And so the question we use there is, how did you come to that conclusion? In the third use of Columbo, you use questions to make a point. So there's the three uses of Columbo. Gathering information, what do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? And finally, using some question to either advance your own view or to expose a weakness or flaw in the other person's view. You know, the most valuable part of the tactics book for me was the conversations that you included from airplane rides and stores and restaurants that really brought the tactics alive for me. Could you repeat the conversation that you had with the lady at the restaurant who was just repeating slogans about religion? There was a conference going on, so there were a lot of people in the restaurant that we're, we're talking about uh, 
theological thing, so there's a little bit of a theological buzz going on, and I'm sure she's picking up on this. She thought this was a good thing, and I made the comment, you know, yeah, I think it's good to think carefully about these things, because I think people end up believing a lot of foolish things about religion. And she immediately changed her demeanor, and she said, that's oppressive. And so I asked her, do you think that I'm wrong then? But notice that her statement itself was an example of correcting me. She didn't deal with that. She said, well, I think all religions are basically the same. And I said, really? Really? In what way? Now, that's an example of a, what do you mean by that question? I want more clarification. And I mean, she was dumbfounded when I just simply asked the question, in what way? And the silence was so long, I was embarrassed for her because it was obvious she'd never thought about it before and probably used the statement to just stonewall Christians in the past and nobody had ever asked her exactly what she meant. And there's an example of a conversation and as you pointed out down there, there are a lot of them in the book. These things can be actually used quite simply and when you see them in play, you say, oh, that's how that works. Hey, that's not that hard. I bet you I could do that. Your new book is titled The Story of Reality. Now that is an ambitious title. I'm reading it right now and it's an easy book to read. Greg, why did you choose that title? And what issue are you trying to address in the culture? Well, there's two things that I, I'm addressing in this book. And one of them is I wanted to try to put together something that was a kind of a primer on basic Christianity. I wanted people to see that the truths of Christianity, the core pieces, are actually part of a great story. There's a drama from the beginning to end, but there's a second thing too. It's not just a story. Our story doesn't start once upon a time. And part of the reason I'm em emphasizing this is the tendency of people to relativize religion. There's all these different religious clubs and you find the one you like. But that's not the way Jesus saw this project. Christians are supposed to be making the claim that this is reality. It isn't just our religious wishful thinking. Greg, you've been doing talk radio for over 25 years now. Can you tell our viewers how they can listen to your radio show and possibly call in and ask a question and how they can sign up for your free newsletter? The kind of center of activity for Stand to Reason, our organization is our website, str. Dot org. Really simple, str.org. Sign up, of course, for the podcast. You can buy the books there. And if you go to the bottom of the, of the homepage, you can actually sign up for a monthly training material that we send out on a regular basis, our newsletter, which is bi-monthly, and an alternating uh, month's a mentoring letter. So all of that can be found in one place, str. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Greg Kokel and Stand to Reason, just visit the website that you see there on the screen. And keep in mind that his books are also available on the website and on Amazon.com. These books have literally changed my life, and I really hope that you get them, read them, and they bless you as well.